You're listening to Wellbeing Connection, the CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg podcast. I'm your host, James Wellsman. The Canadian Mental Health Association, Manitoba and Winnipeg, wishes to acknowledge that we are gathered in Treaty 1 territory at the crossroads of the Anishinaabe, Métis, Cree, Dakota, Ojibwe Nations, and on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation. None of the content in this podcast is intended to replace the advice given to you by your medical team. If you are in crisis, please phone the Manitoba Suicide Prevention and Support Line at 1-877-435-7170 or text CONNECT to 686868 for the Kids Help Phone. Well, welcome to the Wellbeing Connection podcast. We are delighted today uh, to have not only our co-host, but uh, our, our person that we're interviewing today uh, regarding uh, the Speak Up Whole Day School Mental Health Promotion Program that we do here at CMHA. So uh, what, a, what a treat uh, I have to uh, interview uh, my colleague, James Wellsman. And, and James, you know, you give such great leadership to uh, the Wellbeing Connection podcast, and we're, we're on this theme and this trajectory of, of talking about back to school. And it was so good last week to talk to Shelby, who is our Thrival Kit uh, lead, as we roll out 32,000 kits to fourth to sixth graders. Uh, and so really excited to, to talk about Speak Up. But before we get into Speak Up, I just really am curious about when you were in those formative years of going, you know, into high school, what was mental health promotion like? Uh, you know, I know you, you come from Ontario. Uh, what was that like there uh, when you were uh, growing up? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. First of all, I just want to thank you for having me today. It's cool to be in this in this seat playing this role today of uh, being interviewed. I get to take a little bit of a step back, but also it's an opportunity to, to express some of who express some of who I am. So I'm so thankful that you're interviewing me today. Growing up was a little different than what it is today. I think there's so much more, focus on mental health promotion now but going back to then mental health was seen as just mental illness so i think i always saw it as not as much a spectrum but as a binary it's either you're one of the people who has mental illness or you're someone with mental wellness and that was really tough because my identity i'd always been a high achiever I'd always been someone who put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think some of that pressure, which was very encouraged at the time, was to keep working towards it, keep working towards my goals, but don't take the step back to say, how am I doing through all this? How am I coping with the stress? I can definitely say that there were times as I was going through high school, during some of the years of when we'd be meeting kids with speak up grade seven, nine and 11 during those years, I definitely felt some of the aspects of 
mental health challenges starting to develop. You know, we hear all the time about how depression can start generally in late adolescence. And that was definitely true for me. And it was a bit confusing because I think it had clashed a bit with my identity. So my identity had always been, oh, I'm someone who's high achieving. I'm well, I'm healthy. I'm a good guy, I think. And it sort of created that cognitive dissonance there. And that's really provided a lot of inspiration for where I am now, because if there are people who are going through similar things as me during that time, what an opportunity to be able to meet people and to help people that might be going through something that I went through. So what I'm hearing, James, is when you were uh, in those grades, you know, seven, nine, eleven, as you, you know, proceeded into post-secondary, uh, I'm hearing that there wasn't a lot of attention around the broadness of mental health and well-being. It sounds like mental health equals mental illness, uh, which is not uncommon. You know, I, what I think here in Manitoba, we've, we've done a really good job is, you know, reducing that stigma. But it's more than just reducing stigma. It's providing an opportunity for conversation about our mental health and well-being. Just like I imagine, you know, James, uh, had you ever had a friend who broke an arm? Broke Absolutely. A leg? Uh, all my friends who played hockey, I didn't play hockey. They had broken bones and you'd go oh well they've got a broken bone they just put the bandage on and put the cast on everyone signs the cast everyone's so happy to help out right there's so much attention brought to it right and you can talk about your experience and you know what what caused this break it's kind of like this you know this oh i got a i i did really well you know it was such a great play and i sacrificed you know and so I think what we've done is we got to a place where we now can have conversations about our, our, our fear and our anxiety and when we're sad, when we're confused. And, and I'm wondering, James, you know, you, you, can, you can share as much as you want, you know, like all the changes that are happening at that age, you know, the complexities of that, you know, what would it have been like if if you had more of that embedded, you know, integration of mental health promotion in your, in your classes. I would have an entirely different trajectory. I would have gone into university confident that I'd know where to reach my health, help supports. I'd know how important it is to keep up my connection with my family. I know that was tough during my orientation week. I only think sent a couple text messages on my Nokia flip phone uh, and that got them worried. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it just would have been so different. I went through university not really able to recognize because I hadn't really been taught about the whole spectrum of mental health and mental well-being. It just would have been such a game changer. It's actually when I went into some of my worst times of really tough aspects of depression, anxiety, not having really energy to do anything, grades lowering. That was sort of when I 
realized that there was something missing there and that was a place where I wanted to give back was to be able to help people who had gone through similar things like me. Not to say that I'm representative of, of uh, the general population. I quickly realized how different everyone's story is, how different everyone's circumstances are. But just to be able to put that message of hope for people. Yeah, and that's the that's the beauty, right? The similarity is, you know, this this desire to get to a place where, you know, is is this is how I want to live. This is this is the goal that I have for my life. I I, I know that you're a musician. You have passions around music, and and all those things of like how how can I, you know, how can I become that person that I want? And there's no question that you know your experiences have led you to where you're at today and it's not by accident that you're leading this initiative uh, with speak up and and I'm just curious about like what's your hope as you are training uh, teachers to deliver this uh, to the to the students that they connect with every day what's your hope for those students I hope that these students realize that they're heard that they're is hope out there. I hope they realize how important connections are. I hope they realize that recovery is possible, that this is something that could happen to them, could happen to their friend, but mental health is also a spectrum at times. It can be something where we might have one or two symptoms, but not enough for a diagnosis. And that might be confusing for kids growing up as well. I just really hope that they feel empowered to seek help, to seek out their own supports, do some reading, educate themselves, have the conversation, maybe ask a friend, you know, hey, I'm recently feeling this tightness in my chest whenever I'm looking at my homework, or maybe I'm feeling like I don't fit in and that I am not feeling the feeling the energy to do what I normally do. Is this normal? Is this something I should worry about? Is this something I should look further into? I just hope we can get the conversation started. Uh, yeah, because I, th- I think what, what young people are saying to us, you know, what the evidence is uh, out there, and, and certainly COVID has allowed for, you know, greater research and greater engagement. Uh, with young people and really knowing what's going on uh, in their lives as it relates to their well-being is is that they really want to reduce that stress in their life. And they're looking for those coping behaviors. They're looking for those coping strategies that that are really going to help. And so, you know, we know kind of that peer pressure of, you know, uh, you know, young people are, you know, uh, younger and younger are experimenting with what, cannabis or other substances. And, you know, they find some relief or they find some, you know, connection with with friends who who may be doing the same thing. And then there's the spiraling that happens because, you know, there's other parts of their life that that are just not great. You know, they might not be communicating with their parents or caregivers the way that they would like. Uh, maybe they have siblings, you know, we all have siblings, I have four siblings, that 
that can be complicated. Yeah, I think like James, I'm I'm curious about the inclusivity. You know, when we think of the indigenization of Speak Up that that took place, and I, we think of our 2S LGBTQIA plus community uh, newcomers to Canada. You know, it seems like Speak Up is really geared to a diverse audience. Uh, would you agree to that? I absolutely agree. Uh, there's always work that can be done, always things we can learn, but we take a very inclusive approach with Speak Up. So we've indigenized the program. Our elder Stan Kipling at CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg has taken the time to look through the program and provide some teachings, the circle teaching and the porcupine teaching that can be incorporated within the Speak Up curriculum, can reach the Indigenous youth in rural Manitoba, urban Manitoba. We have inclusivity of everything, really. It's just really about opening up the conversation about what makes us unique, special, different. And through that, we can all come together and realize that these conversations can be had with with anybody in your community if they're someone that you feel that they're safe to go to. So your classmates, uh, they're all going to be going through something different. And I think of myself, the what would have helped me growing up with a program like this was just knowing that I'm not tied to my identity. I'd felt that I was always a high achiever. I was always someone who was a bit of a keener and maybe that I was kind of the teacher's pet kind of thing, but that's not all of me. And so Speak Up would have really prepared me going into university to know that, okay, once I'm in university, everyone's really smart. Everyone's really high achieving. Well, everybody's (laughs) there for a different purpose, isn't that? You know, there's this assumption, right, that, we're all here to to learn and we're all here to get a degree because we want to be in a career. But I think people are still discovering who they are in post-secondary. And if they don't have this foundation of, you know, how do I kind of interact with myself? How do I be kind to myself when I have these, you know, unhelpful or unhealthy thoughts about that I'm dumb or I'm stupid or I'm not enough. Uh, So when you get to, you know, grade 12 and you're transitioning into post-secondary, you know, you can go back to these these tools that you've learned, you know, you build some capacity. But like you said, you know, it's about trusting. And, and I love that you said that. It's about who do you trust and who do you build uh, that trust and that rapport with? And when we think of the impacts of colonialism and the intergenerational trauma and the, the opiate, uh, you know, epidemic, you know, across our nation with young people, the, the suicide rates uh, amongst young people are so high, and they're the highest next to, you know, uh, car accidents. And then if you, you think of those in Indigenous communities, you know, they're five to seven times higher. You know, these are, these are alarming st- statistics. And, and you take the approach, uh, James, you know, with this program to train teachers. Wondering if you can even talk about the importance that you know that teachers played in in your life, and and why we want to equip teachers and build that confidence for them to share uh, this critical information. Well, it's such a special 
dynamic between teachers and students. I remember some of the teachers growing up, it would be such a part of your day. I mean, you, if you're going into four different classes in high school, four different teachers per day in your semester, you see one person who you might really connect with, the next who provides a different perspective, the other one who might provide some of that extra support, and then maybe another who challenges you and really gets you to work harder and to see the potential in yourself. And these people are with you every single day. And that's the key thing with Speak Up. We realized how important it is to have the people who are with students every day be able to deliver the program for them. Because it's not just about the five days. The five days is the delivery of the program. People will learn more about mental health and then feel empowered to go on and continue the conversation. It's really all about how they go about through the rest of the year, through their life, and know that these people, these teachers who we trust are just so important in our lives. I think of one teacher who was in a history class and we all took the grade 11 history class again. The class wouldn't have existed, but we just wanted this teacher again because just because of how passionate he was about history, it was so incredible to know all the details about certain things, certain events, why things were important. He challenged us, but also created a community. And that was so important is that these teachers create a community. And when they show that they are willing to speak about mental health, mental wellness, well-being, it creates that space to be able to have conversations. And just like I was able to have some tough conversations when I wasn't going through when I was going through some tough times with the guidance counselor, while well, students are going to be hearing from their teachers, their, their educators, school psychologists about speak up, and they might feel empowered to go to them later and say, you know what, I don't think I'm feeling right right now. I need to know maybe some strategies. Can we work together to move forward? Yeah. And, and it's so, so, good that you brought up, you know, the, the clinical folks that are going to be delivering this, you know, it's not just teachers, but a lot of clinicians, a lot of social workers within, you know, schools, you know, and, and they have, you know, a, a tremendous uh, role to play. Uh, some of our social workers are in two or three schools, right? And so they're, they're, they're really kind of trying to balance all their time within these schools, but they see the value of, of speak up to, like you say, build those connections. And I tell you, when someone knows your name, right, and someone knows something about you, uh, there's this instantaneous, oh, okay, you, you're, you're interested in me. Like, you, you actually know who I am. And as we're trying to, in this stage of development, as, as, as young people are really trying to kind of discover themselves and their sense of belonging and their sense of you know, connection, you know, in this, this big world, you know, this again provides this opportunity to, you know, how do I, how do I grow as a human being? Like, how do I treat myself with kindness? How do I practice gratitude? How do I be honest with feelings? Heck, you know, how, what are feelings, you know, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes we, we say, how are you? Right. And what do most people say, James? I'm good. How are you? Or I'm fine. How are you? 
right. You say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm good. And we know that those aren't feelings, right? Uh, but we say that sometimes because we know that people on the other end may be nice people, but they really don't want to kind of hear our story. You know, if I said I'm sad, you know, they're, they're you know, five steps away already, you know? And so I think what, what Speak Up really, really helps is, you know, you know, start building that conversation, building mental health champions within uh, the schools. And, and we've seen some incredible champions rise up uh, throughout um, their, their time in high school. And I think a lot of it has to do with reducing that stigma and increasing the availability of knowing where do I get support? You know, that's that's really half the battle here is who do I go to who's going to give me the time and help me navigate the next steps? I'm curious, uh, you know, when we think of, you know, speak up and we think of like evaluation and, you know, is this working? Uh, you know, is this really helpful? I'm wondering if you can talk about how we evaluate uh, the speak up program. So we have a pre and a post survey. So we, before the program is delivered, uh, the students will take a pre survey. And then after the program's delivered, they take a post survey. And we have some research from that, from similar programs and from Speak Up itself. And we're currently in the process of doing even more research for it. But when we were looking for a program that would reduce stigma, increase mental health literacy, we looked through the research. We looked through different studies on what programs were actually effective and Speak Up, which was known as uh, Tammy talking about mental illness at the time in Durham, Ontario, showed such an incredible, I think 80% of people had positive impact and were more mentally, mental health literate. And um, it was just such a, such a good program. And so we incorporated it and then took it and it kept evolving. And so as it keeps evolving, we keep doing the research, but the, the aspects of the program that are working are working and they will continue to be evaluated. We're continuing to look at it and make changes as need be. So you can be assured that with Speak Up, it's something that's evidence-based. And just even anecdotally, I've heard from teachers coming in and saying, I've never had something that gets the conversation going more. I'm having students come up to me later as they move up through the grades who are coming to me you know, way after taking Speak Up and they feel confident in being able to share some of what's going on with them and reaching out and feeling empowered. So it's something that we're looking at all the time and also just with the cultural relevance as well and um, our competency around there. We're always evaluating that as well and making sure that uh, the pre and post survey are something that aligns with all our goals and mission as CMHA. So what I'm hearing you say, James, is through that pre and post, your primary objectives uh, and outcomes of Speak Up is really to decrease stigmatizing attitudes and behaviors, 
towards people with mental illness or mental health struggles. Uh, this idea of increasing help-seeking behaviors for addressing mental health concerns uh, for themselves or for others that they care about. And, and lastly, this uh, enhanced awareness and knowledge of mental illness and really mental health literacy as a whole. Uh, and, it, and it sounds like, you know, from that pre and post, we're really able to, to look at the, the idea of, you know, what we're seeing in some of the research as I turn a page, and you probably hear that, is that 85% of those that complete uh, speak up from that pre and post have a greater sense of where to receive supports. Uh, that's a phenomenal number. And so we're, we're really excited uh, uh, and thrilled and grateful for the support of uh, the United Way of Winnipeg, who, who really funds this project. We're, we're really thrilled to have uh, our folks at the University of Winnipeg, the psychology department, uh, whose, whose practicum students are really sifting and analyzing that information. You know, our very own Maureen McPherson uh, here at CMHA, she was on uh, just a few episodes ago regarding our well-being central, uh, you know, virtual recovery college. You know, all these people working together, you know, and along with Stan and, and other folks, right? You know, I know that in our next segment, we're going to have one of our... Uh, best champions uh, here in, in Winnipeg and in Manitoba, Fiona England, uh, to really talk about, you know, what she really gets jazzed about and what she really gets excited about and how that really aligns with the work that she does uh, for the Winnipeg School Division. So we look forward to hearing from Fiona in just a few moments. Yeah. And I just want to share just lastly for this section, when I think about 85% of people having increased sense of knowing where to go for help, increased help seeking behaviors, that was one of the biggest things in my university experience in post-secondary when I was not doing well was I didn't really know where to go. I think we only had one case manager at the time at my university and it took a lot of people around me who cared about me. I was spending months just not looking for help because I didn't really know anything was really wrong. I just, people around me were seeing something was wrong, but I didn't recognize it. And I think of the difference that would have made. And so when you think of this program, it's like there's just so much potential for helping so many people. And I just want you to think of my story. I mean, I, it would have increased my ability to get help and to, improve my life sooner and more effectively. I'm happy with where I am, but you know, there's always things that we can look back on and think, Oh, I could have done better there. So thank you. No. And, and James, like, yeah, absolutely. Your, your story is inspiring. Uh, it's, it's really quite, um, you know, I kind of take that pause and, and look at, you know, how many other dozens, hundreds, thousands of Manitoban, young people with a similar story, you know, where they, they know that something is going on, you know, and you, you mentioned they might have one or two symptoms or that, you know, again, what we do in, in the work is we respond to the symptoms, right? We don't respond to the illness. And so when we're working through that, you know, symptoms are really important. 
But again, we hear from people, oh, there's a wait list, there's this, there's that. You know, oh, you're really high functioning, don't worry about this, you don't need to be medicated, you don't need anything. And so what, what I think is really quite inspiring is that you get the opportunity now to invest in clinicians, social workers, teachers, to build their confidence in this curriculum that's been, you know, uh, evaluated and enhanced for, you know, for seven years. And, and it's at a place now where, you know, we want 500, uh, 1,000 facilitators, uh, nearly 10,000 folks have gone through Speak Up, but we want to make sure that that succession of seventh grade, ninth grade, 11th grade are there because that rep, that rep, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that repetition is so important because what do we know about repetition? We get to a place where we just, it's, we, this is what we do. Like someone doesn't tell me to brush my teeth in the morning, right? You know, it's because of that repetition, you know, uh, those, those pieces of, you know, uh, when it's raining outside, you know, I've learned, you know, it's probably best to put on a jacket or I'm going to get wet, you know, but we interact with all of those, those behaviors differently at the seventh, ninth and 11th grade. And so that's where I think it's just brilliant where we get the opportunity not to parachute in, right? Because that's not what we do. That's what speak up isn't, right? You know, and that's where the best practice for mental health literacy and anti-stigma programs in schools, that's what's key is train the trainer, you know, that model. Because James, you know, we have, oh, I think about 300 and some schools yeah, but it's like like when I when I think of hundreds of schools that we have potential to work with, you can't be in each of those classrooms for five days. No, it's just not feasible, but it's also not even best practice, we realize. And so we can reach so many people and at such an effective pace and to by implementing this program the way we do. So awesome. Hey, thanks, James. This has been uh, a delight and uh you know, if people want some more information, if, you know, if, if folks are listening, maybe they're a clinician, a social worker, a teacher here in Manitoba, you know, working with 7th, ninth, 11th graders, uh, how can they get involved in Speak Up? Yeah, so I would encourage uh, reaching out to me or Stephen. Um, you can email me at jwelsman at cmha wpg.mb.ca. We'll have that in the description below as well. You can get more information there. We also send out sign-up forms for registration um, to principals, division leaders. So if you are interested and you're an educator and want to get involved, you can reach out to your principals and say, hey, I heard you might have gotten a message about this. Can you forward that my way? You can register. Uh, you can look on the CMHA Winnipeg website and we have some more information there about the program. And uh, before too long, we'll have our own website portal that you can go to, but uh, great things yet to come. So we have all the information on how you can get in contact with us below in the description. We really want as many people as possible to get involved with the training sessions. Some are happening in September, some in October. And we really encourage you to get involved, ask, get involved, ask the questions, go on the website, 
uh, check it out and um, look forward to hearing from you and seeing you and uh, yeah, answering any questions you may have. Awesome. Hey, thanks, uh, James, for all that information. Uh, Folks, you don't want to miss out on being a part of Speak Up because it is changing the lives of young people across our wonderful, beautiful province. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, welcome back to Wellbeing Connection. You know, as promised, we are here with one of my favorite colleagues uh, in the community, in the schools. Uh, She's been supporting uh, mental health promotion in schools for so long. Uh, Fiona, welcome to Wellbeing Connection. Thank you for having me, Stephen. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, so Fiona, we've been talking about Speak Up, uh, you know, with James. Uh, James is new to the CMHA Manitoba Winnipeg, but not new to mental health promotion. And so we're thrilled to have him lead this initiative. I'm curious, you know, Fiona, what has been your involvement with Speak Up and maybe some impressions that you have? All right. Well, Speak Up has been an awesome addition to Winnipeg School Division. Um, We initially started like a pilot several years ago just to try, you know, piloting a few schools. And very quickly, we saw, you know, this is going to be a great resource, a great addition, and really a great opportunity to have and to roll out mental health promotion in these grades, grades 7, 9, and 11. Um, So what we came up with was a train-the-trainer program uh, between our division and CMHA. And so we've trained about 70 staff. So that could be teachers, clinicians, guidance counselors, who have then taken the opportunity to roll it out in their different grades, their different schools over the last four years. Um, So what we're seeing is, um, you know, we initially were kind of piloting grade 11. But then, you know, when folks are trained, they're like, you know, we're going to try it in this grade eight class, we're going to try it in this grade, you know, 11 class. So um, it kind of gets used as needed as well, like throughout those different grades. Um, And in terms of quick impressions, you know, like I said, you know, we really want a program that focuses on mental health promotion and stigma reduction in these um, age groups. Um, in in adolescence and really, you know, a program that is inclusive. So it's not like just people, you know, could sign up as part of their class. So, you know, what we're also knowing and everyone kind of knows is youth turn to other youth. So we're building that capacity and allies as well, you know, for friends to say, hey, my friend is struggling, you know, and reaching out kind of the stigma reduction, resource uh, seeking opportunities. And, you know, folks are knowing where resources are you know, knowing it's okay to not feel okay. Um, So it's really, really helped to open up and continue the conversations around wellness, you know, around resource seeking and help seeking behaviors and to really encourage that both to friends and then like friends of friends and then seeking out adults. Also opening up the conversation with adults in schools, you know, in high schools, a lot of times a math teacher might not think to talk about Uh, mental health. But when that math teacher takes speak up, you know, this is something that we could talk about in our class, you know, maybe we're going to do some breathing before a a math test, you know. Um, Absolutely. Those strategies that are that are talked about, you know, uh, are invaluable, you know, and especially as we think of the impacts of COVID. Again, you know, we had lots of mental health concerns and struggles and, you know, things going on before COVID. But I think COVID has allowed for greater conversation with with a greater audience. I think most people are listening now. And so 
One aspect of Speak Up that James and I did not speak about uh, is the Speakers Bureau. And I love this. The fourth day, you know, what we do is we, we trained folks to be able to go into the classroom and talk about their lived uh, living experience with mental health issues or an illness. And they kind of go back in time a little bit and, and talk about, you know, maybe I, I showed some of those symptoms in the eighth grade and the ninth grade gosh, you know, if I could turn back time again, you know, I, I wish I had something like Speak Up. And wondering if you can talk about that importance of, of that Speakers Bureau and how it really is this wonderful uh, intersection of helping young people kind of relate to the process. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, like I am a social worker and one of my uh, things that I see repeatedly is people want to hear from other people with lived experience. It's such a valuable tool. And I find that day is probably the highlight of the program for most youth. And the interesting thing that I've noticed about that day is it doesn't necessarily matter who the person is, because sometimes, you know, I've seen like, you know, an elderly gentleman come into a grade seven class. And I'm like, Hmm, how is this going to be? It didn't matter. They were like, so interested, so engaged. Right. And um, I think hearing from other folks and hearing their stories, um, it absolutely helps them to connect, to make it real, um, to know that there's hope, right. Um, to see that it is okay, right? Recognizing maybe themselves or their family members or their friends. So that lived experience piece is so critical and it also encourages other people to talk about it. And I'm seeing that not only in students, but I will see that in staff as well, right? So it really, um, I think it is a critical component of the program. And I know in our evaluations, when we look at it, the Speakers Bureau Day is, is definitely one of the highlights. And when we've used the video, it hasn't been as effective. So they really, really like when folks come in and they talk about their lived experience. Um, just a great, great addition and such a critical piece of the week. Yeah, you know, what's really great is, you know, this, this past, uh, you know, spring and, and into the summer, we are redeveloping our training for Speakers Bureau. And we, we see the value of post-secondary students really being able to get into those classrooms. And I totally agree, like dinosaurs like ourselves, Fiona, you know, where we look great on, on, on radio. Okay, there we go. But, but what I think is great is that we all have this narrative, like our, our library of stories, you know, it's not about, you know, I was born in 1967. It's about, hey, let me tell you a story about an experience of a feeling that I had. And this is where that came from. So, so people can talk about that journey of recovery um, and, and it's exciting because, you know, the journey doesn't stop, you know, just, just because you've been asked to come in and, and share your experience, it's kind of like, it's not the, the bookend, right? It's, we continue to grow. And I think you were just talking about that is that, you know, teachers and that staff and other people are talking to one another. I'm wondering if you can even talk about those sorts of dynamics that, that you hear and see in the work that yeah. you do? Well, I can absolutely say over the last 10 years, the conversations that we have now didn't exist, you know, 15 years ago or 12 years ago. I mean, being a social worker, we were definitely better about that amongst ourselves. But, you know, the whole topic of mental health and education, I mean, it was certainly being spoken about, but not with the 
the ease now, you know, and the stigma reduction, you could see that it's actually working. Like people are starting to share their own stories, right? And people are talking about their own experiences and, you know, the power that that gives. Um, and it just enriches all those conversations too, right? Um, so yes, we are absolutely seeing the change. And I think folks, when they can also look at it a little more personally, they see the value for their students and they start to become advocates in schools too, right? Like, and also going, okay, so it's not just me. You know, there's lots, like, because a lot of people, when we know better, we do better. And they just didn't know, right? Like the, most folks don't really know the stats in Manitoba around mental health and also how few students are actually being served. Like when we actually look at who gets service, we're looking at about one out of five. And honestly, now, Stephen, I don't think it's one out of five. I think we're probably looking at one out of 10. Yeah, I think it's much higher. Yeah, I think it's much higher. And that's, you know, we've talked to, with Levi LaBelle, who's our manager for the Integrated Youth Hub. And, and this youth hub movement, this integrated youth hub movement is our response to that statistic. You know, James, I want you to kind of chime in. You know, you've been this peer support uh, worker, you know, taking your own lived living experience and, and just wondering if you can speak to how this program really sleeves into helping peers speak with peers. Yeah, it Starts the conversation because it's all these classmates. They're people who have grown up together, who have been in the same class, who might be in different classes one year, but the same class the next year. They're living near each other and they're going through life together. They're experiencing the same cohort of cultural happenings, of world events. And it starts the conversation where they know that people who have been through similar things as me or have experienced similar emotions or similar things like that. It, they know that those are people that they can go to if they're a safe person. And it's, it's so key. You see when in my previous peer support work in the past, how much those that lived experience or just shared experience would help break down barriers. Even just having the badge on my, uh, around my neck just saying uh, peer support worker, I'd see people go, oh, you're a peer support worker, and then just tell their whole story. Really incredible stuff. And we want to be able to empower kids to to wear that proverbial badge saying that I'm a safe person to come to. And that's what this program develops in kids. No, I've, James, that's just brilliant. Yeah. And what's really quite exciting as well uh, lots of exciting things. Everything's exciting for me these days. Uh, is is what the outcomes have been here in Manitoba and how we're saving lives with Speak Up. We know that too many young people are dying by suicide. And again, you like Fiona, you spoke about that hopefulness. You spoke about the the impact of of clinicians who are in the schools working with students, they know the students, they want to get to know the students better. You know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, if, if, if you had a moment to talk to all the different clinicians, social workers, teachers in Manitoba that are teaching 7th, 9th, and 11th grade, what would be your pitch for them to, to check out Speak Up? For me, I think what I would say is, and, and you kind of uh, were, were talking a little bit about this before, Stephen, is we knew we in Manitoba already had massive programs or problems prior to COVID. We would be having conversations going, oh my goodness, we are, you know, we're in trouble here in our province with respect to youth mental health 
pre-COVID. Now we're hearing about, you know, 510% increased referrals to certain agencies, you know, places where folks are supposed to be going to get supports that they can't even look at the paper for three months. Do you know what I mean? So we are in um, a really difficult place. So we know that it's not, um, you know, a choice. It's incumbent upon us to do things differently. You know, this program really, it's, it's like a platform to, Um, really start having some critical conversations, you know, and it's a gentle way of doing that. You know, when we're looking at, um, like, again, the mental health literacy, I can't say that enough, right? So we're starting those conversations, the stigma reduction, you know, we're working with a lot of students and folks whose families still really, really struggle with mental illness, right? And just kind of acknowledging it um, and, 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 and not being afraid to talk about it. I find with a lot of families that I had worked with, that was a, a, the, the biggest barrier was just getting them to understand, like, if you had cancer, you wouldn't be feeling this way. You know, and so doing that whole stigma reduction piece. So, and then, you know, you had mentioned the suicide piece. This opens up all the critical conversations around wellness, resource seeking, mental health literacy, um, stigma reduction. And then that also opens up the door. In Manitoba, our youth die by suicide. That's that's the highest way our kids are dying in our province, not like other places. It's not, you know, it's not second, it's number one. And we need to respond to that. And again, it opens up those critical conversations for us to say to our staff, we need to be trained in, you know, suicide alertness. Um, So it's really opening a lot of doors and equipping us to be prepared to support our youth and to have our youth support one another and to have the adults in the building also, when I hear something, then I know how to respond in a great way, you know? Absolutely. You know, it's building that confidence, right? So this train-the-trainer model, it's a continuation of coaching. It's not just, here's the material, go with it. There's this continued support. You know, I know uh, that we're, we're really, you know, out of time here. And so I, I first want to thank James. James, thanks for your leadership. Thanks for coming here to Manitoba, uh, leaving your, your homeland of Ontario. And we just look so forward to uh, getting to know you more uh, with the, the leadership you give to speak up. Fiona, it goes without saying uh, you are a mental health champion uh, amongst, uh, you know, your peers, and your colleagues. We love working alongside of you. I'm also reminded that, you know, those that are listening to this today, you know, if you are in need of assistance, if you are looking for connection, you know, the, the wonderful folks at Kids Help Phone um, are there to, to talk or to text with you. So simply call one 800 668 6868, or you can text CONNECT to 686868. You know, what we've known, and Fiona, you just said this, you know, that Kids Health Phone has been, the increase of calls has been over 400%. So what that tells me is that young people are going to this resource, and that is fantastic. But we are ready for that tsunami of, of, of medical or of mental health. So what 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 I know is folks that are listening today, you may be struggling and you may be searching for connection. Uh, maybe you're a, a parent or a caregiver, you know, that's just really lost in this conversation. You know, I know that the kids health phone has saved thousands of lives and has allowed people to, to start that journey of mental health, positive mental health and wellness. And so simply call 1-800-668-6868, or you can text here in Manitoba, 
text the word CONNECT to 686868. We've been talking, you know, uh, about the increase in people identifying some struggles. And we know that the kids' health phone has increased their volume of calls over 400%, which really mean, you know, really means that young people are going to this resource. They know where to find that connection. And so we hope that you will do that today. Certainly uh, in the description, connect with James, uh, connect with the CMHA Manitoba Winnipeg office. We're here uh, to support you and throughout Manitoba. Uh, again, thank you, James. Thanks, Fiona. And next week, we get the opportunity uh, to talk about post-secondary uh, education. And I think, James, we're going to switch roles again, right? I think you're going to be interviewing me. That'll be so much fun. I can't wait for it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> So thanks for being with us today. We want to thank our guests, James and Fiona. It goes without saying, it takes a village to make these things happen. And so we want to thank our facilitators, our students who have gone through Speak Up, for those that have helped us enhance what Speak Up intends to do. And those outcomes that, that James has listed and Fiona's experience about how important it is to share our narratives and how inspiring that can be, how great it was that you took time to listen. And we just want to wish you the greatest successes as you return to the schools that you're going to this fall.